Hello, one and all. Welcome back to the Popcorn Podcast. We are part of the We Need to Talk Club channel. And this podcast is Popcorn, P-O-C, meaning people of color, where we discuss films made by, starring, directed by, you guessed it, people of color. <laughs> you may hear a little bit of background noise this time as one of us is outdoors on this glorious day of 84 degrees while the other is indoors. So usual perfect uh, quietness of inside. <laughs> so excuse that. But as long as you hear me clearly, you're still with me. So let's do, let's do this. I am one of your hostesses. My name is Tamaya. I'm joined by my lovely co-host. Please introduce yourself. Hello. Hello. This is Esther. Um, coming kind of chilly, but sunny, mm -hmm. uh, from lovely, uh, Pacific Northwest. That's it. Where do you live? <laughs> well, today we are coming to you all with our film, Detroit Unleaded. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. This film was in 2012 and, uh, came out in 2012 and we are still, discussing films for our Arab American Heritage Month, which is this month, April. So still a little celebration up in there. Um, this is an Arab American film. Oh, actually, um, but it says there's a Lebanese American youth within it. So do we have a little cultural corner before we go? Well, well let me do my synopsis first. I'm all out of order. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Pause for cars. Okay, here we go. So in this film, we have a fresh take on boy meets girl comedy set in Detroit. Sammy, who is the lead in this film, runs his immigrant family's gas station with his cousin Mike, a charismatic hustler with dreams of expanding into an unlettered empire. More than just a pit stop for late night gas and rolling papers, their station is where a steady stream of unforgettable and often hilarious customers flow through. When a gorgeous updo girl, they call her, named Najla, uh, comes to deliver cheap long distance phone cards, Sammy quickly falls for her from behind the bulletproof glass. Afraid her overprotective brother Fadi will disapprove, Najla begins an under the counter romance with Sammy, making his shift anything but routine. So there you go. That is our synopsis. And I believe we have a little cultural corner this episode from Esther. Please go. So, yes. Um, one of the interesting things about this film is that the main characters are, I'm 90% sure, of Lebanese uh, heritage and ethnicity. Um, and if you did not know... Um, Dear Ben, Michigan, which is just 15 minutes and maybe nine or 10 miles just outside of Detroit, has one of the highest um, uh, Arab, um, Muslim, really the, one of the highest Muslim population in the United States. That's and as of 2021, uh, it was estimated that like 42% of the population in Durban uh, is 40, is Arab, although it seems that like, you know, as census things tend to go, it might actually be more than half. And interesting though, although it has been, again, a very heavily Arab American populated city, they just got their first um, Arab American mayor in 2021. So he is the first both um, Arab American as well as Muslim mayor that the city, which again is almost half. 
um, Arab American and Muslim has had since uh, its uh, inception. And his name is Abdullah Hamoud. I hope I'm saying it right. But yeah, so this is, you know, a little bit of cultural corner just to make you kind of place why a place like Detroit would be, would make sense to have such a story. Thank you very much for that culture corner. That was awesome. I didn't even know they had that large of a population in Detroit of all places, but okay. Well, outside of Detroit. It's, it's oh, outside Detroit. of Detroit, but okay. I feel like, you know, Detroit being so big, it's technically yeah. a little suburb. Everybody lost in the sauce. <laughs> yeah. So with that said, we're going to go right into our question. Pow, 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 as you know now. Not pow, pow, pow. <laughs> what were you expecting or what have you heard about this movie? So I didn't hear anything about this movie in particular. We were looking, like we said in our last episode, make sure you listen to that as well. Uh, we were looking for films to celebrate or discuss or actually featured Arab Americans as that is the month that we are in um, for Heritage Month. And so in looking for those this was one of the ones that popped up and you could tell i guess we were in like a romantic comedy mood because the last film we did was a rom-com um breaking fast and so i was kind of which is unfair but i kind of had my hopes high and my expectations higher for this film after that wonderful experience and the last one so with this one um we'll talk about what i thought of it but first in terms of what I expected. I just expected more humor, more banter, maybe some more romantic kind of vibes. I felt like I was expecting the butterflies that you typically can get with a good rom-com um, that makes you want the characters to be together and that you kind of feel what they're feeling as they're feeling it. So yeah, that's what I was expecting or heard about this film. What about you, Esther? What in the world, and I'm going to stretch that statement because I see what you're doing. You need to get some food in your tummy, which is totally understandable. But what did you um, hear or expect on your end? I am on the same boat as you in terms of what to expect because, again, I came into this um, very unaware about both the film and the director. Um, and But, you know, saw that it was around the 2010s, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's marketed as a rom-com of a twist on, you know, boy meets girl, right. in love sort of thing. Um, and I'm not sure what genre of movie I will place it in after watching it. I'll leave it at that for now. Okay, next question. I thought that was an extremely fair statement. Also, y'all yeah. should know us by now, but if you're on this podcast, you are okay with spoilers, so get ready. Yeah. But please, just ask your next question. So, what did the inciting incident incite in you? So, for first, for, kind of yeah. choosing what is that exciting incident? Right, right. We always kind of decide, have to kind of agree-ish on what is the inciting incident here. I thought the inciting incident was when Sami's father was killed at the gas station um, that he was working at. He had the same dreams as in my synopsis, the cousin Mike had of creating like a, um, a franchise 
of gas stations that he could own so he could not necessarily work as much and kind of have the money working for him so he could spend more time with his family who was very dedicated and love they actually showed a good portion of that before we see him going to work like normal and unfortunately being killed by some random guy who decided to stand up the gas station um so that sucked but that to me was the inciting incident because we had already been they kind of had already been playing up the thought in fact that sammy was looking to go to college i believe get out of state go live his life not stay around with the parents so that's the kind of thing you were expecting and um then when dad died you see sammy right in the gas station where from all the precursors that they gave us was nowhere near his plan was not what he wanted to do and he doesn't look happy there either so it was pretty obvious that this isn't where he wants to be but that was like the inciting incident in me and what that kind of sparked in me was okay got it so now our boy our, our protagonist is stuck um you know he's running this business it's the only source in my thoughts main source of income for him and his mother and the family and you know what else can he do? He's got to run his father's business, right? Oh, the tale as old as time. Um, so I was just like, okay, so how is he going to reconcile what he feels he has to do with what he wants to do? His dreams of going to college and what did he want to become? I thought I would learn more about that. I was kind of enticed to learn more about him as a person. Um, and so that's kind of where I was going with that. And obviously it's a rom-com. So I was waiting for our girl to show up and I was waiting for there to be a connection there based off of where they wanted to go and what they wanted to do. Cause they both talking about how much they want to leave this place. Had I got plans, big plans, but uh, yeah. So I'm in that there. What about you, Esther? <laughs> what did the um, inciting incident uh, incite in you? Definitely a little the same line as you, right? I was like, okay, we are within maybe like the first five minutes or so. We are in it, right? His dad is killed, sadly. So I was like, oh, this is, although this, in my head, I was like, oh, although this is marketed, right, as a rom-com, we're going to get, you know, a bit of a character development, right? Through maybe seeing how the family processed the grief and um, what happens mm -hmm. to as famously said, you know, by its poem, a dream deferred. Um, and again, right, like just as a young um, adult, how do you beautifully said, Maya, reconcile what you want to do versus family obligation and duty? Um, right. So I was really into it. And that way, like, I was more of like, I had so much hope for it. Yes, yes. And and I I was I I just don't know like I just feel like this movie was trying to do so much and yeah. it left everything every sort of like plot lines just to be desired. Yeah. And more like even like this, like it was really disappointed because just the way that the story went, I just was like, did we really need that? Was that like, that choice that 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 is that was made? Did nobody else just you know looked at each other and said, is this 
necessary or needed or like we could have cut that and it would have been fine because it's like, almost a two-hour film it was a while it took a it took both me and esther a couple days to yeah get through like, it. See, i was like 30 minutes in and i'm like what am i watching in terms <laughs> of like there were so many things thrown at us yet yeah. again was unnecessary things it wasn't like things that like i was waiting to see was just giving you a slice of life of you know the operation of the uh whatever gas like, station the gas station yeah not in a good way like it's just no. his depiction of black people <laughs> was so anti-black <laughs> was so unflattering and yeah, so sorry. It just yeah. No, it's fine. I mean, <laughs> it just was like, wow. Again, did we really need to do this? <laughs> it was. It was interesting. It was. <laughs> it was interesting. It was. Um. Yeah, ask your next question. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure this would be a part of the answer. <laughs> yes. So our next question is. Did the climax deliver? And Absolutely did we have a protagonist? Well, we know we have a protagonist, but did we have an antagonist? No. No, not really. And no one's strong enough to even fit the bill. Um, We had a whole bunch of characters that was like the point. The point? What is the point? Um, I didn't feel like the climax delivered. We have this storyline which we've already told you what our hopes and dreams were consisted of and what we wanted from this or what they set us up for. Okay. I know we'd be having expectations and sometimes not great to assume and have expectations, but this is honestly what they set us up for in this film. And then they just didn't meet the expectations that they themselves set. Um, you have the running of this gas station that with all these different characters and people running in and out of this place, none of it added to the character of the protagonist. None of it added to his personality, what kind of individual he was, um, what he really wanted to do, what he aspired to do outside of scenes where we get to see him falling asleep in there, but ending up home eventually, because he always wakes up in his bed, though we see him fall asleep at the, at the gas station. Um, don't know the hours we don't know the issue we don't know what he's aiming for he's apparently gone from college with all these dreams hopes and wishes to aiming for nothing and just yeah. upset that he is where he is um he's frustrated that his cousin mike wants to do more with the business he doesn't want to do more with the business he doesn't want to do less with it he doesn't know he's just like in complete question mark land so you, you you then think, because they give you no other choice, that, well, he has to do this. He has to do this to feed everybody. Because why else would he stick in this place he obviously dislikes, disdains, um, you know, not going anywhere, doing anything else? He has to do this. This is his only way of living. That's your thought, right? Until we get to the end, um, where he apparently can quit without any care, and mom's okay financially she doesn't seem to be struggling or mad that he quit um he runs off with the girl and i'll get to the girl but apparently he didn't need it because it's like he has no job doesn't know where he's going but he has the money and opportunity to find out so he's quit and it's done he's not coming back he's like like they leave so many things unfinished bows untied so then you see that that part then you have 
I guess the only inkling into his nature is he's frustrated and dislikes almost every freaking customer he has, which are primarily black people. The only people he don't doesn't have an issue with is one, this random girl who just comes in. He likes her, so he lets her behind the counter. Doesn't know her from, oh, he knew that she was Lebanese and related to the guy who they know because yeah, everybody like, knows each other in this group. Like everyone knew each other, families. Out, especially in this particular community at large that yeah. you're somebody's cousin. So just you're somebody's cousin. Everybody knows. Or friend of the family automatically. Precisely. So he knew her from that, but it's his first time meeting her. And he's like oh, so enthralled with her that he lets her behind the bulletproof glass. Why is it bulletproof glass? Because dad got shot. So now they got bulletproof glass. They don't let anybody into the building unless, you know, they are securely behind the bulletproof glass. So they lock the door, lock people out, um, except for her. She gets to come right on in. Um, the connection between them was weird at best. I could, I believe more of the story that they were cousins, that they were telling everybody more so than they were in love and really feeling each other. Yeah. Um, the only other person he was decent to was this black individual who apparently was, he seemed like a factory worker or definitely a labor worker mm -hmm. who came in for coffee and Mr. the one Tevi. time huh? Mr. Tevy. Mr. Tevy. and Mike at one point would not even allow him in because of the rules you know you've got to be secure behind the glass before letting him in and we see a moment where Sammy's like come on it's Mr. Tevy. like he's he we know him he knows us he's trustworthy he just needs his coffee and that's the first time you see him interact with a customer that's like, oh, you actually do give a crap about these humans who spend the money at your business every day. And at one point, he lets Mr. Tevy in so they can have coffee together outside the bulletproof glass, which I'm assuming is supposed to also help build his character of he gives a crap. Like, because what other point was there? They have an in-depth conversation where Mr. Tevy lets him know that he was, in fact, um, um, laid off. At the, we've been following Mr. Tevy's career for a minute now in this film. And Mr. Tevy even jokes, maybe I should buy a gas station. And you know what? Even though the storyline wasn't built up for that, if he decided to leave and sell Mr. Tevy his part of the gas station and Mr. Tevy had, you know, money saved away for that, that would have been a nicer situation to at least be like, oh, there's a point to something here. Even like, if they didn't I, build I wanted it up. to know more about Mr. Tevy. Me too. I cared about Me too. Life. Like, what's your financial goals? You know, you just got laid off. They tried to give you a severance package. Are you set, my dude? Do you need help? Like, I wanted to know how he was going to get through. But they just had, like, a pointless conversation that ended pointlessly. And then we're going to get to this relationship. Because this is rom-com, right, ladies and gentlemen? Mm -hmm. And this is obviously me going off now. So this is <laughs> in this relationship. You got this girl, beautiful girl, that he likes. They chat about nothing. She has to go back to work. He's obviously in love at this point. He's telling Mike, his cousin, you know, who's this girl? Can I get with this girl? Mike is telling him she's an up-to girl, which basically means too good for you. Her only job in life at this point is to go get married somewhere decently well, and it's not going to be to you, some gas station owner. I, mean, I personally, I'm like, that seems like a decent job why can't she marry a gas station owner especially when apparently her brother's job is owning a metro pcs that's nowhere near better i mean it's like it's like everybody's just owning places in the hood and and taking advantage of it so but apparently fatty is like super mm -hmm. protective um you know nobody can touch my sister be with my sister duh, 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 duh. um i'm gonna be out here you know 
slanging and swinging to whoever wants me, but she can't be with nobody. She's running away from clubs if she realized her brother there, even though she grown. Um, she's hiding away because she can't be seen doing the things she wants to do as a young adult. And and connecting with Sami a couple of times, basically, where they continue to talk about nothing. She don't let the boy kiss her. Um, they talk about a relationship. Um, let's see, what am I missing? They have this moment where they lay down under the counter because the shelf there and she'll lay on the top counter and he'll lay on the bottom counter, just stroking the bottom counter as if he was stroking her hair and she's just laying on the top counter and they're having moments. So I don't know what the hell that was. And again, another thing is that they, the, that relationship seemed to have been maybe from the moment that they met to the moment that they elope or just sort of you know go away from each other maybe yes. a month maybe a month which again right if i'm in the world of rom-com fine i i will i will take those you know suspension of belief i'll take that but give me chemistry and it's that like again i feel like sammy you know who's supposed to be your main character he's such a wet blanket because she is the one to come back to him over and over again after things that he himself has done okay that it's just like what like what is it about sammy because i'm not seeing it i just <laughs> be like him like, like him or, like you know and again it's just because like we don't get anything out of sam like there's no group we don't get any insight into who he is except that he just like and if I'm if I'm going to be nice, just does not like again his customers. If I'm just being real with you, is very anti-black. <laughs> so that just <laughs> put me off because and, and again that's why like just a note to the director, producer, whatever. Because I'm like, why did you make that choice if not to tell me that these people are super anti-black? Because there is this montage between Sammy and his cousin Mike behind the cage as they call it you know in that bulletproof uh, section of the store and it's just and then the montage is them uh, interacting with you know different customers that go in and out of their practice which Correct. again a bulk of their business relies not just on black people being customers but black people being their distributors Yes. So they are like dub like doubly, triply indebted to the community that they're, you know, located in. Right. And it's that like we see a montage of them just like mistreating and just like badly interacting with their black customers. And then in the middle of it, there's this white woman who comes in who's like clutching her, you know, purse, asking for direction. And they are so nice to her. They're like, oh, you don't want to be here. You should like have like, you know, taken like the whatever interstate directly. You want to mm -hmm. like, you know, make a turn at this intersection and right. go here. Somebody who's, who didn't pay for anything, who won't pay yeah. for anything, who won't contribute to the business. And I could even give them, again, this is me just trying. I can give them maybe some flack if they showed more hesitancy and made it a point of, you know, you know what happened to your dad. Like I was expecting that kind of, 
acting exactly. and that kind of hesitation exactly. and all that. But none of it was brought up. It was like dad no. never died from this. It was like we just, hey, sorry. It was like we just don't like the people here. <laughs> we don't really think they, we don't respect the people here. There's no real reason or rhyme for it. They're rude to me. Even, even Najla says like, ooh, she mad at you. I'm mad at her. Why? <laughs> like, I mean, just attitude for no good reason. And I agree with Esther. The dude didn't have a good personality. He wasn't funny. He wasn't witty. He wasn't mm -hmm. charming by himself or with he was with Najla. When he was with Najla, he was just kind of this weird doting dude who kind of like watched her awkwardly and wanted her close but didn't have anything to provide in return at one point he joked about asking her family for permission to date her which in their culture might have been wise and preferable mm -hmm. and he never follows through and then he's annoyed and confused when she's like I thought you would do it like do you mm -hmm. want to be with me or not it was so weird and like we never see him pursue her and, and, and again I'm not this is not a gender thing at all. I just feel like if two or more people are into each other, that both of you have to make efforts, have to show that you want this, either through calling, communicating, going to see them, being interested in what they are about, their lives, whatever, right? Like just showing interest and putting some sort of energy toward uh, wanting to be close and, and creating an intimate connection. And again, it's like Sammy is just a wet blanket where I'm just like, the guy, because at, at some point I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's just because like he works so much at the gas station. He doesn't have the time to, you know, do anything else but just be at this gas station. To build his personality. Him, <laughs> we do see him giving his mom driving lesson so again i'm not saying oh you know don't give your mom driving lesson but it shows us again this is why i'm like the choices that were made yes because if you're showing me that he has the time during the day to you know to be with his mom to basically just like give her the stink eye because she's cleaning after him a freaking adult how have you not gone to a place in Detroit that is famous? Like, how is it not from Detroit? Like, it just, I'm just like baffled by this character because he's so empty. He makes no sense. And yet we're supposed to see him as like the hero or protagonist yeah. when there's so many other more interesting people. Like, for example, Mike, Mike is more interested. Yeah, I'm like, he I ain't perfect, like, but he's like Mike has a family and yes. he drives an ice cream um truck. Like, what is that about? How does he have time for his family? Yes, right. He co-owns the gas station, drives the ice cream truck, does it all, and he's hilarious. Connecting and communicating with like you know people being like, hey, can you give me this? Can you give me that? He's the one who is mad because there's a competing business across the street from them. Yeah, which I have to admit was hilarious. Thank you, Mike. That was probably the yeah. funniest scene in the whole film when Mike calls the the competing gas owner across the street and he's like, hey, uh, how are you? Oh, yes, God bless you. How's your family? Oh, everybody's good? Oh, that's so great. God, God be the glory. 
what the fuck are you doing to me, man? <laughs> it was the best part of the whole movie. He's just so pissed off. That dude is straight, like, taking his customers. But he had more of an interesting storyline, whereas oh boy is just there. He's literally just there watching paint dry. And now let me get on Najla. Najla don't know what the hell she wants. She she bad girl without a cause. She's basically like Jasmine from Aladdin. Like, mm-hmm. let me go out here and sneak into these, you know, unsanitary areas into this gas station in the hood to see this boy who was forbidden from me. For again, we don't know why, because he's not appealing. Um, but her friends are even like, oh my God, we're in the hood. Oh my God, we're gonna die. Oh my God, what we're we gonna do? Like and for some reason, she keeps coming back. What are you doing? You just chasing this boy around for no good reason. You telling him you're a relationship. You're telling him you guys are far, but you're also telling him don't kiss me, don't touch me, really. But yeah, we together. Um, you're teasing him about it, knowing he apparently your family won't approve. You're telling him that maybe he should go talk to your brother and stuff, but you're not following up on it. And anytime he doesn't prove to you that he's willing to go that extra mile, you still go back. And then here we go at the end when which was horrible when when she sneaks away yet again to be with him under the counter and of course her brother pulls up and finds out cusses them both out treats her like she's two and she runs away pissed off because again i accept the family dynamics may be completely different she's an adult but obviously she still lives with her family she's still beholden to their rules and their requirements and expectations fine so that is a you know humiliating moment in which you are caught doing what you know you shouldn't be doing your brother just humiliated you and your boy yeah. didn't even try to stand up for you. So you want to leave. I get it. That makes sense. Screw this dude. Screw everything. Mm-hmm. She leaves. Oh boy is now because he just realized he got punked and didn't do nothing about it. Now he has the gall to say, fuck it all. Fuck it all. I'm going to quit this job because I don't want to be here. I'm going to make my mom come out of mourning, whether she wants to or not. Throw away her dark clothes. You go live your life, mom. Be better. And I'm going to go off to some beach and call her on my phone card and my new fake phone and tell her we need to be together and I want to be with you. Old girl says, I've left already. And in the next two scenes, they're together. Esther, please, did did I blink? Please tell me. What did I miss? Did I miss something? Because I was just going to tell you because... The cops, there was a point where I just I, I kept forwarding like every like little 10 seconds because this movie was available on Prime, so you could only like you know kind of forward like 10 seconds at a time. So I kept forwarding mm-hmm. 10 seconds at a time because I'm like, I need to get through this, and there's so much nothing happening. So there's when so much nothing, <laughs> so when we got to that point when she said, Oh, I already left, I'm like, did I? Did they talk? Did I just like forward to them talking about her leaving and having her own dreams? Right, because she hinted at it in earlier in the film. Like, of course, I want to get out of here. Of course, I want to get out of here. But she didn't have a dream to get out of here, too. And neither did he. Yeah. So, and they both basically settled on both of us want to leave, but we both can't go. So that's where we were left off at. So once this embarrassing moment happens, oh, and she's constantly telling her brother, you don't know what you're going to do when I get out of here, when I leave, what are you going to do? Even her friends don't know what she's talking about, what she says she's going to leave. But somehow she left already. Sami is frustrated. He hangs up the phone. And then we, we then get cut to Mike, who's hired a new individual 
working his business in his gas station, accepted the the, the uh, semi quitting, obviously. Cut to mom is out of mourning. She's she's friends with her neighbors now. All is well. Cut to we're back to Sammy driving to seemingly nowhere, asking another gas man for directions. And he gets to the car. We're like, well, I guess he's on his own now because, you know, yeah. last heard, we last we heard, Najla left. Where? Who knows? But he hung up. So we won't find out. And who's in the car? Najla. And, it, and, and, and they were fighting, like kind of, like not bickering, really, like, like they were like, about, like, oh, did did he talk, ask about me? As like she was worried that that particular gas station owner will see her in the car with him and report it back to her family. And I'm like, what are we doing? This what are we doing? When I tell you I wanted to rewind to understand if I missed something, but I didn't <laughs> want to go back to the nothingness that was. So I said, screw it. I'll just ask Esther. If I was both to be here, like, no, that's something missing. They never made it clear. She just ended up in the car with him and they were talking and bickering like they were a couple who'd been together for 10 years when apparently they both just ran away with no goals but money. What did we just watch? What? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. It was so, the, the key word that I tried not to say when we were talking in the beginning because the question was, what did you expect, not what what you got? But now that we're at the what you got part, mm -hmm. it was completely and totally um, underwhelming. Completely, completely and totally underwhelming. Let's go to our last question, friend. <laughs> um, our last question is, drum roll please. What was the impact? Well, how did it make you feel? The impact was... Gosh, it's so sickening how one film can raise you up so high. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, girl. And yeah. one film can bring you down so low. How one film can give you all the feels and the other one can barely give you a feeling. It is just amazing how life goes, right? <laughs> just like <laughs> nothing's promised. <laughs> ah! Who knows? Well, Who knows? To, you know, to expand on this more. It, 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 it's, it's this wonderful, and, and again, trying to find the positive in this, it really is a great exercise and knowing when you have good art and when you have bad art. Mm. Because, right, I, I think we're both like, art is very subjective. It's, you know, like, whatever but obviously like right there are people who are just better at it than others yeah yeah and better, and better at translating it than others yeah and we see this in our contrast of watching breaking fast and detroit unleaded because they're both supposedly you know about arab american um people it's supposedly both from comms um, and also sort of touch upon, you know, Muslim, Islam a little bit, but, you know, but doesn't make it the focus of their right. film. They're, they're supposed to be like, you know, character driven uh, vehicles to just, again, right, like show you the breadth and nuances of being an Arab American in the United States. Right. Um, and one of them just makes you like fall in love with love 
Mm-hmm. And the other one, just, again, to me, kind of reminds me once again that, you know, even within non sort of um, the global majority, as I call us, right? Um, Anti-Blackness sentiments is so strong. It's so strong that it, 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 it felt like this was just a knee jerk. Well, this is what I know from the director and writer that she couldn't not put it there because that's just so much of like ingrain into her experience Ooh. which obviously then um you're just left with this product um that wanted to do so much mm-hmm. uh accomplish none of it and well accomplish none of what it set out to do except again pissed off black people <laughs> black community at large i feel like those are my two cents i can definitely see what you're where you're going with that and see what you mean by that i could i would the impact for me though i didn't narrow it down to those terms specifically or um the way they portrayed black people in particular as you say it and as you've talked to it through this whole review it all makes sense. It's not like I have to reach to see what Esther's talking about. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty blatant. Um, but yeah, so the impact was definitely just completely missed the mark on what they advertised this as. Completely hit the mark on what, like if we went into this to see, like I said, to see a business owned in a hood but not respected by the owners um, or the community not honored in the way that they could be for providing said business to said owners and all the details around that. If we, we could possibly rephrase this entire, like reframe this entire review and focus it on that. We're trying to give it, give it a review based off of what they said it was supposed to be, but we can easily slip and say, we're going to do a review on this film and the effects of these types of businesses um, within these predominantly black communities and the effects that they are from the community's point of view versus the owner's point of view, their connection with each other, all that we can, I feel like we can go down that, that can be a review within itself, basically is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, no, I, I felt like the impact here was just underwhelming, it wasn't worth it. Um, where is the love? Where is the love? The love, the love, not here, not here, friends. So uh, my rating, I'll skip on to it, cause yeah, <laughs> my rating would have to be a small. Wait, I, do we not want to even do a popcorn moment? <laughs> I mean, mine would be old boy cussing out his his competition. What would your popcorn moment be? Oh, I get one. Um. I another character that I felt like was so under um what's that word underserved under not even like just not well used underused okay okay 
Um, and I forgot his name. I don't think they even give him a name. But oh my God, I know who you're talking about. He's uh, he's he's like he's the one doing all the work for them. He's yeah, the parking lot a, manager, an unhoused, you know, member of the community that might perhaps have either some mental, um, I don't want to say illness because we don't know, but just at least like some mental delay. Mm. Um, but he, I feel like, I think his character, Roger. that was, yes, the, I think the actor, um, tried and just, again, did not, I don't know if it was like through editing or just the script itself was like that. I think the actor made this choice, like try to humanize, <laughs> try to humanize Sammy you know, try to mm. connect with him. And at every turn, huh? You mean when he bought um, with some everything, right? With like, just ask, I think like asking him to like, you know, like just like to talk to him, like calling him, you know, Ibrahim, you know, you know, because that was like his dad's name in a way. Just like he, I think like Russell just like tried so much. To connect and be part of Sam and Mike's sort of world and be seen as an equal to them. Mm. And Sam was just a major, major share quad, if I can say that, at every turn. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I... I concur. I forgot Roger. I quite enjoyed Roger's character. And and, and sure. also because like, you know, and it's also because like at the beginning, right, we see how the father was just like actually tried to be part of the community, right? This was like a just pleasant person. Mm-hmm. And again, right, like grief does things to us, right? The trauma of um The trauma of grief, like, you know, I'm not going to understate, you know, how deeply it cuts. Mm -hmm. um, but my goodness, it's like night and day. Yeah. They didn't even delve into it. Like they made a couple of side yeah. quips about the bulletproof glass in which, oh, we could take three bullets to break through it. But no one wanted to follow up on that information or that discussion. It was like something that was dropped from both Najla and his mother, the two most arguably important women in this life who they want to make anyway and no one ever went further than that they're just basically like i have to dig too deep to find all the meanings and things that this thing was supposed to relay and i refuse to do it i refuse to do it so wait what was your popcorn moment well the popcorn moment is when roger you know just ask him hey like you know are you hungry? And like, he went out and like, you know, got them food to share and he wouldn't even let him come in the store. And that's when I knew I'm like, maybe, like, maybe it's all in my head. Right. Like again, maybe as like an Arab American, like the director there, her name, um, that I, I I'm blinking on her name. Uh, Rola, Rola Nashef is the name of the screenwriter, producer, and uh, director of this film. Mm. Um, 
I was like, okay, you know what? Like, again, maybe this is your experience that you're just, you know, kind of putting a mirror against, you know, just the world that you're part of, right? And, and it's not pretty, perhaps. And that just, you know, you as an artist kind of showing us that mirror, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm like, choices, though choices because why would you put that very nice gesture from roger into this film wait wasn't it sammy who asked him if he wanted to eat or was it roger i feel like it was roger either way i think your point still stands though yeah right like in either way whoever initiated that like you could have let the man come out of the freaking you know parking lot out parking lot and sit down with you and have that meal. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if it was trying to convey thoughts of untrustworthiness or frustrations or feelings of safety or all the things that I guess it could have, you know, um, trauma, mm -hmm. like we said, from what happened with his father, it just was not delved, it was not, um, it was not delved into the way it was should have. It just was not, it just, it didn't it didn't translate no. at least for us as an audience it really really didn't it was so much to be desired yes. in this film like it was just so much that they didn't touch on and the stuff they did touch on like esther said in the beginning like was there a point to that could we have cut that out and replaced it with something more meaningful more worth it mm -hmm. and also we get it the hood is rough the hood is you know it could be scary and this that and the third but that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean to depict every single black person that comes in there in 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 such a light or or if they these are like because i've met these characters in real life right but at the same time i also know for the most part especially if they're um avid consistent customers you give them respect they give it right back and again like we're not saying that like you know the hood or whatever is like this paradise right we understand the reality but it's again what the film how it this like the decisions it i go back like the decision that it made because mm -hmm. yes right you can for sure have that character who's sassy black woman yeah right who yeah. like you know cuts you out for nothing and anything i'm for it i'm all for perhaps having that you know street pharmacist who uses the payphone to conduct his business sure you know, um, and but to me, where it just felt unnecessary and cut so deep is that <laughs> it clearly that like their business clearly is just by a thread mm -hmm. because of that customer base. And also because that customer that that population is the ones that are providing them with product. Whereas it doesn't seem like anybody in their own community is willing to give them the time of day, right? The competition is another, you know, cousin yeah. or, you know, part of their bigger community. Like no one, you know, even like, you know, for example, like with like Fadi didn't even want to come and drop their phone card and at their business because of the location. Like, so nobody wants to touch them. Yet they're acting so mightier than thou. Mm. And that's really where it pissed me off. Right. And every opportunity where Najla was in that store, in that store with Sami, 
was the opportunity to learn who this dude is, to hear more about what his dreams and hopes and thoughts are about yeah. his customers. It was the opportunity because, you know, unless there's a voiceover because he's in there both by himself so much, this is the opportunity to hear what he really thinks, how he really feels, mm -hmm. why mm -hmm. he might have this disdain for these people, why... Right. You know, and maybe he'll open up. Maybe he gets better. Maybe he gets more trusting as the as, as the film goes on. But instead, you get barely any wording except for disdain, more disdain displayed about his customer base. You get him judging Mike for one minute for putting a whole bunch of crap in the store because he's a hustler trying to find more ways for them to make money. But in the next half, he's using that very crap, quote unquote, to put on the girl that he wants to be with him as gifts take this chain and this shirt and these things and all these gadgets and this, that, and the third and this little rose and da, 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 da. I, So, yeah. What the heck? So, with that, customers, we, not say customers, sorry. See, ah! the movie has gotten me so just combobulated. Yeah. Um, so, with yeah. that, our popcorn rating. What extra small? I feel like it's one of those films. If I mean, obviously, like you know, I, I mean, I didn't watch it for free because you know I pay for the streaming service. But um, knowing what I know now, even if it was like giving to me for free the popcorn, I'll say no, thank you. Oh, snap. <laughs> and I think that's like the harshest I've been with a film thus far. But it's because like, as we, you know, as you can like kind of sense and hear from us, it's just, it, 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 I kept, I kept asking myself, why was this made? Yes, and why? Right, right. Yes, yes, yes. Because like... it, it was even like, you know, the, 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 the Arab community did not come out well that's the thing like it nobody comes out well and in, in this film right for the most you know like it's just yes it was it just the underwhelming guys i don't know if we could stress it enough yeah um we do not advise you to go through what we went through there's yeah. better things out there and we will find it for you so remember to follow us, support us, review us on all your podcast listening platforms. This was We Need to Talk Club channel. We have all the different podcasts we do on here because this was your popcorn podcast. You know you love it. We love it too. Uh, remember to visit our website, we need to talk.club to see our beautiful faces and all the links to all the sites that we and, and podcasts that we also put out. If children giving hugs in the background, if you hear the joy. Um, but until we meet again, we'll see you in the credits. Bye. Bye.